The following audio is from Central Christian Church, located in Portales, New Mexico. To connect with Central, go to centralwire.org.
Good morning, church. So I have to ask, what do you produce? So in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 through 19, God tells us he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So again, I ask, what do you produce? Here's here's where I'm going with that. It's time for a little group participation If I have an orange in my hand and I squeeze that orange, what can I expect to come out? Orange juice. Good. If I have a lemon in my hand and I squeeze that lemon, what can I expect to come out? Lemon juice. Good. And so I ask you this. If I expect orange juice out of an orange when times get tough for it, and I expect lemon juice out of a lemon when times get tough for it, if I squeeze you in times of trial, what can I get out of you? You know, we expect orange juice when we squeeze an orange. We expect lemon juice when we squeeze a lemon. Shouldn't we expect Jesus... When we squeeze a believer, as a Christian, as a believer in our Lord Jesus Christ, when the pressure is on and life gets hard and starts squeezing us, our response should be Jesus. You know, We all show our true colors when times get rough. You know, I've always heard and I've always said that, you know, it's easy to praise Jesus when life is just rocking and rolling and it's good and it's and everything's going the way it's supposed to. But when life gets hard, that's when your true colors come out. And as believers in Christ Jesus, you know, our true colors should be Jesus And going with that, I'm reminded of a story that I once read. And it it, it refers back to that verse that I read, when anybody is in Christ, they're a new creation. And the story goes something like this. An old country church once gathered for breakfast. And... As they were getting ready to eat their breakfast, the pastor called on an old, old farmer 
to give the blessing for the meal. And so this old farmer stood, stood up and he's decked out in his overalls and he gets ready to say grace. And he starts off, Lord, I hate buttermilk. The pastor looks at him and he goes, gives him that weird look. And the farmer said, and Lord, I hate lard. And again, the pastor's just, he's overcome. He says, I don't know what to do. I don't, he, he's looking at this old farmer. And the old farmer continues on without skipping a beat. And he said, Lord, if I was given a spoonful of flour, I wouldn't eat it. And the pastor is about to pass out in his chair. And then the farmer continues. He said, but Lord, when you mix all of them together and you put them through hard times and you put them in the oven and you bake them, I do love warm, fresh biscuits. And so, Lord, when things come up that we don't like, when life gets hard, when we don't understand what you're saying to us, help us to just relax and wait because you're not done mixing yet. And, Lord, when you're done mixing, the end product is probably, more often than not, 100% going to be better than those biscuits. So within that prayer, there's, a, there's great wisdom. There's great, great wisdom for all of us. For when life becomes complicated with situations and life becomes rough, what do you produce? When God is working in your life, what do you produce? I challenge you to have faith in our Savior and trust that He is working great things through your hardships and through your trials and through the squeezing. Stay strong. Our Lord is mixing together several things that we don't really like. Pain hurts. Pain's not wanted. Heartache is not wanted. But through the hardships... Through the trials, God's mixing together something that's amazing. He's got to stick through it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the promise that whenever we become your children, we are a new creation. And Lord, thank you for holding us close and holding us tight. When life gets hard, when things get rough, Lord, you promise that you will never leave us, nor you will never forsake us. And we thank you for that promise. Lord, as we come to this table this morning, we ask that you please show us that you struggled and you suffered hardships for us. And this table is an example of that. Lord, keep us humble, keep us holy, and Lord, hide us behind your cross. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
the imagery that Franklin put on this video and, and the logo that in every season in every season the Bible is valuable to us we need to be people of the word I heard a story this week about a tent meeting you remember the gospel tent meeting set up a big tent outside uh, outside town everybody come out for it. this was going pretty pretty long that week and been getting big crowds the evangelist up there was preaching away and 
got to the invitation time and, you know, 738 verses just as I am and waiting for just one more to come on down, right? And this big guy comes down the aisle, football player looking big, big, tall, heavy, uh, intimidating fella. And so the preacher goes down to him and says, well, son, how can I help you? And he said, I need somebody to pray for my hearing. So he said, let's do this. And he gathers everybody up and he, he puts his hands on his ears and he starts praying out and he's shouting out to God. And he's calling out to God passionately and, and loud. And after he finishes, he takes his hands down and he says, all right, how's your hearing? And he says, I don't know, it's next Tuesday at the courthouse. Because <laughs> sometimes you hear, but you weren't really listening. We want to be people of the Word, a Bible-believing and a Bible-using church, but we want to really focus on the concept of Bible literacy. Uh, my, I live with a, my wife's a literacy coach, and literacy is being able to read it, being able to comprehend it, and be able to retell it. And I, while she was going through all that, I was like, it's kind of what we're supposed to do with the gospel. Now, some sermons are meant to grow our understanding. Uh, if you were with us last week, it's very nerdy, very geeky, you know, you can, and if you missed it, go back and listen to it online. It's talking about apologetics. Sometimes sermons are to reaffirm our theological stances. We'll talk about grace. We've talked about the Apostles' Creed. We've talked about different things to help us give a, a good basis. Sometimes sermons are to in, inspire us. Sometimes they're supposed to be emotional. Sometimes they are to equip us. That verse in 2 Timothy 3.17 to equip the saints. Uh, Paul says again in verse Ephesians 4 and verse 11, equip the saints for the work of service. And so today I'm praying we are equipped to do what God has called us to do. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 30. If you're able and willing, if you would stand while we read God's Word together. Isaiah chapter 30, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation in this particular one. But uh, only these 19 through 22 is where we're going to base today. So join me there. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. Though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, He will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Then you will destroy all your silver idols and your precious gold images. You'll throw them out like filthy rags, saying to them, good riddance. Thank you. Have a seat. In late January 1975, 48 years ago, Paul and Linda McCartney were in New Orleans recording uh, tracks for their, their album, Venus and Mars. Uh, and Paul had written some good lyrics on a song, but he just didn't really love it. Here are the lyrics he had. Anytime, any day, you can hear the people say that love is blind. Well, I don't know, but I say love is kind. And then the, the title of the song, Won't You Listen to What the Man Says. Now, he was struggling with the music. He liked it, and he liked the lyrics. It just wasn't gelling. And they're musicians, so they called a couple of other session musicians, brought them in there, see what they would do. And one of them said, call Tom. Tom Scott was a, a jazz saxophone player. 
and have him come in. He lived there in New Orleans. Paul calls him. He comes down. They're, uh, they're listening to this song, and he's playing it, and he's listening to it, and he said, okay. And he starts into this saxophone run that is what you hear on this record. It's actually a number one record for them. And it was this saxophone part that, that Paul McCartney said pulled it all together. And he did it on the, what you hear on the record is the very first take. He, and, and that never happens. Uh, he, he got it right, what he wanted, and it just pulled everything together. It wasn't until later on in his career that Paul McCartney actually admitted, this song is what a lot of people think it is. It is, it is from the perspective of God. Listen to what the man says. And I really wanted to tag on that as our title today, but I want you to hear the line. Listen to what the man says. Not just hear it. Listen to it. Because I think there's a difference. And I think one of the keys to the uniqueness of our God is the fact that He speaks. His spokenness. All throughout Scripture we hear, and God said. He he speaks to us. Our God has a voice. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 22 says, You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. They would make these things out of wood or out of stone, and they would worship them, and then when they wouldn't talk to them, they, they couldn't figure out why. And, and honestly, if you look at other world's religions that are out there right now, and I'm not bashing they are a very impersonal religion. You don't hear very much about a testimony of Muhammad said this to me or Buddha said this to me. But you hear a lot of people say, well, the Lord told me this, don't you? God speaks to us. Friends, we don't figure him out. If you ever see a book, Five Secrets of Discovering God, it's not true. We don't discover God. God reveals himself to us. Look at that passage we just read there. He says, the voice will be right behind you. It'll tell you to go to the right or the left. And if you will listen to that voice, then you listen to the next verse. It says, you'll get rid of all that other junk. You act upon what you hear. You see, the problem has never been with God speaking. The problem is our response to what he says. Are we listening? Joshua 1.1 1, uh, verse 7 and 8, be strong and courageous. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Do everything written in it. We're to have an active relationship with this book. But it's more than the flip out open and point at it. We've all done that, haven't we? Well, I wonder what God has for me today, you know. And, and that's not a healthy way. What what we're challenging us all to do is have a relationship with God so that He can speak to us. But we've got to be in the habit of that. You see, throwing the Bible open and just pointing at it is not a great way. That's not listening to God. Here's my question. Are you in the habit of being in God's Word? Now, as we've done this series the last couple or three weeks, I've had people coming up to me and telling me, hey, man, I'm reading it this way, or I'm using this version, or I'm doing the, uh, the through the Bible in a year with this format. I love that. That's fantastic. Keep that up. Use it. Utilize it. Use our app. You can get in there, and they'll send you daily devotionals and ways to be in the Word. And that's great. I just have one caution to you. If you're doing that, do not let the devil have a foothold. 
because he will take God's Word and he'll use it to give you guilt. And that's terrible, but that's how clever our enemy is. You'll miss a day and you'll start looking around going, everybody else is doing it, I can't get it done, I'm not very good. And the enemy will use the Bible as a wedge between your faith. Don't let him do that. If you miss a day, fine, just pick it up the next day. Everybody gets sick, everybody has life happen, just stay in the Word. Soak in the Psalms. If you've never studied the Bible, start in the Gospels. Start in Mark or, or John and just read it. Read it and let it speak to you. If you've never done this, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. Most months have 31 days. You could take a chapter, take a chapter and a journal and write down what that chapter says. Because a I mean, a chapter in Proverbs probably has 20 or 30 sermons in there. So soak in those words. You've heard us say, the more you see God, the more you'll see God, right? I contend the more I hear God, the more I'll hear God. The more I read, the more He will speak to me in His Word. We've got to be in that habit of it. I'm afraid too many times, though, that we're missing out. Friends, if this hour is all we're getting... You're starving. Your spirit is starving. Let's be realistic. If you only ate one time a week, how strong would you be? Now, you, you could, you know, you've seen this out in the desert and you could survive, but how strong are you? How, how, will, how would your body be able to fight off colds and flu and virus? No, you'd be weak. You'd be worn out. You'd be tired. But God's Word refreshes it is meant to be bread that we eat every day, not for special occasions. I'm afraid too often we have a monologue with God. A, a one person, you know, monologue at the start of the Tonight Show is one guy talking and we all laugh at his stuff. It, it's not interactive. I'm afraid we have a monologue with God. We talk, but we don't listen. If you're of a certain age, you're probably going to recognize the next image of Amelia Earhart. In 1937, she took off from Oakland in a twin-engine Lockheed and was going to be the first person to circumnavigate the, the globe. With her navigator, Fred Noonan, they went from Oakland to Miami, down to, to South America, across to Africa, over to India, and they got to New Guinea on June 29, 1937. They were going to stay there a couple of days, get refreshed, get some rest, because their next leg was over the Pacific Ocean. It was going to be a long one. They were going to go to a little island called Howland Island. So they gassed up, and they took off, and, and we kind of know what happened. Or we don't really know what happened. We just know they never got there. They lost contact with the Coast Guard's cutter Ithaca with this last comment from her said low on fuel over the ocean but can't find the island and the cutter was calling out to them and sending them information but apparently they never heard she crashed somewhere and they've never been able to find where there's lots of evidences and stuff but something that happened afterwards she took off from new guinea on a dirt runway right just just a field somewhere so it's going to be bumpy they were looking out there and they found a part of what looked like her radio antenna on the side. Taken off on a bumpy road, it broke off, and it would have been the, the part of the radio that is the receiving antenna. She could talk, but she couldn't hear. 
And the results were tragic. And I read that and I went, man, that is exactly how it is with our faith. If we spend all of our time talking to God, we want to be people of prayer, I think that's great. But if we don't stop and listen to God, and we don't have a willingness to hear Him, it is going to be tragic. Friends, hearing God's voice is normal. It's something that requires intention. If you're an NFL fan, you'll recognize the next image, okay? That, for those of you Bronco fans, is when you could win. But um, it's cold-blooded. Yeah, I know. Hey. And we all, with one voice, said, we hope tonight is not very pretty, but we think it's going to be spectacular. Okay, uh, enough of that junk. All right. All right. But did you know in 1994, uh, in 1994, the NFL instituted a new rule that they could put radios in certain helmets. Now, there's only five per team, three on offense and two on defense, quarterbacks, running back. And 15 seconds before the play starts, with 15 seconds left on the play clock, they go dead. They can't, you know, the guy in the booth is not selling, hey, look at the receiver over there. It's not that at all. It's only to be able to call in the plays. But many of you, if you've watched any NFL, you've seen images like this where a quarterback will be standing out there and he'll have his hands over his ears. Why? Because he is trying to drown out 75,000 screaming fans and the PA system blasting out Metallica music and, and everybody yelling and screaming and everything. He's trying to drown out everything else and listen to the one voice that really matters. You hearing me? Some of you already jumped ahead on the metaphor. And if you don't get anything else, get this next slide. I put it on your handout. If you want to hear God's voice, you've got to turn down the volume of the world. Let me ask you a question. In the last seven days, when has God had your undivided attention? Isn't that a great phrase, undivided attention? When has He had your complete attention? attention let's be honest devotionals are good i'm thrilled that you take our little devotional book or you're getting the reading i love it that you're listening to caleb and the message or the spotify list that franklin puts out i love that you're in church that's fantastic but let's be honest there's always noise there's always distractions there's always things that are trying to pull us away from being in god's word can does anybody else do this i can read a whole chapter of the bible and not have a clue what I just read? Because my mind is over here going, oh, I need to get this at the store, and I need to call this person. I mean, my eyes are reading it, right? But I'm not comprehending it because I haven't tuned everything out. Ecclesiastes 5.1 says, As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth closed. If you wanted to go to King James on it, shutteth up, all right? Uh, we got to be quiet. we got to listen to God. And, and let Him speak to us. Maybe you felt a pull recently to text someone. You're working on stuff. Maybe you're, maybe you're reading and you think of, oh man, I wonder how she's doing. Or, oh, I need to go call them and check on them and see what they're up to. Could that be the voice of God? The answer you're looking for is yes. God could be challenging you right now. Maybe He's telling you right now, you know what, you... You keep saying you're going to go check on them. Why don't you text them? Do it right now. Take your phone out. It's okay. 
text them and tell them you're thinking about them. Because we need to take those prompts more seriously when we hear God speaking to us. So are you saying, Don, that you hear the voice of God? Well, I want to be fully transparent. I personally have never heard the audible voice of God, okay? I think if, it, if I ever do, it's going to be in the voice of James Earl Jones because that's the way it ought to be. But, Don, turn left at the next red light. You know, I, I, I think that's how it ought to be, but I haven't heard him that way, okay? But maybe you have. He speaks to me through music. He speaks to me through my reading time. I've told you all many times, I'll get up here, I, I've planned a sermon this way, and he says, no, I want you to do this sermon. No, no, I want to go this way. And he says, no, I want you to go this way. I argue with him, I lose every time, okay? But that's how he speaks. He will speak in multiple ways. But friends, the first responsibility of a Christ follower is to be a good listener. Good listeners make the decision to be so. You don't accidentally become a good reader of Scripture. You don't accidentally come understanding, wow, that was powerful. You know, you, you intently plan to. We have to make a decision to grow in our capacity to hear God. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I want to be a better Christian. What's your plan? Oh, I want my marriage to be stronger. What's your plan? What are your habits? How are you doing that? You hearing me? We have got to be listening. Question. When you came here today, did you expect to hear from God? Because I think that may be one of our biggest problems in our faith walk and being people of the Word. Sometimes I don't think we expect God to speak to us. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, The Word of God is alive. It is powerful. And the the verse that Laurel read earlier, the words I have spoken are spirit and life. I love how John 10 says it. My sheep listen for my voice. Did you hear the intent there? It doesn't say my, my sheep hear my voice. My, my sheep are working at it. My sheep are intently. Friends, a critical need, if we're going to be people of the Word, is that we intently, that we're hungering to hear more of God's Word. And I just can't wait to hear what he's got. I, I want to get into it. I want to hear God's Word. If you're of another age group, you might recognize this next image that comes up on the screen. RCA. Somebody said RCA gramophone. Um, this is a painting by a Frenchman called Francis Barreau who painted this. The dog's name is Nipper. And the dog belonged to Francis's brother. Francis's brother got sick. And died, and, and uh, he inherited this dog. But before, Francis, uh, before Victor died, in those days, to record something, you didn't have cassettes or anything like that. They, they recorded it. They go into a studio and record it on an old 78 where they cut the grooves into it. He was a singer. He was a speaker. And Victor uh, recorded a bunch of these old records. A few weeks after his death, Francis was missing his brother, and so he went to the closet and he pulled out those records. And he put one on, and as soon as the dog heard the master's voice, he came running and stuck his nose right in that speaker. In fact, that painting right there is called The Master's Voice. RCA bought it and used it as their logo 
for years because that dog, as soon as he heard that voice, he came running. Fifteen times Jesus says this. Fifteen times. Eight times in the Gospels, seven times in the Revelation. He who has ears, let him hear. He wants us to hear Him. And He wants to speak to us. But I think one of the big problems of being a people of the Word is that we don't expect to hear from Him. Can I tell you another problem that is, I think is a big problem with being people of the Word? Is our expectations. You say, Don, you just did that point. No, no, I'm going to go two ways with the same Word. Sometimes we don't expect to hear from God. But sometimes we expect we've already heard from God. Sometimes we come in here with our own agenda. Sometimes we come into Scripture reading and we just approach it saying, well, I already know that. How many times have you been in here in the, or any church and the preacher starts, okay, we're going to talk fruit of the Spirit, or okay, we're going to talk uh, parable of the prodigal son. And you go, oh, I've heard this. I know what I can, I know the story. I can kind of tune it out. I can watch the game on my phone. It'll be all right. Nobody will know the difference. And sometimes we approach God's Word like we already know it, our expectations. We don't expect there might be new stuff there. And God is challenging us to have Bible literacy that says, I'm still learning. I'm afraid a lot of us grew up, and I know I did, grew up what I call regurgitation theology. You know, somebody asked me a question, I just barfed back up everything that had been shoved back down in me. I didn't listen to any of it. I didn't know any of it. Friends, the world knows what our Scriptures say, and they know how to twist it against us. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And if we don't know our stuff, they're going to use God's Word against us. If we truly want to be literate, we've got to use this book. And the closer we get to it, the closer we get to God's voice, the more we're going to hear things that need to change in us. That's the power of God's Word. He will point out areas in our heart that need to change. But God's Word will speak. Yet I'm afraid sometimes some prefer a mute God. Because if He talks, He might change your agenda. He might change your plans. He might, we can look in here and say, well, that person's a failure, and he might change our viewpoint on some things that have happened in our world. Well, Don, but you, it says this is sin in here. You're right. Do you remember there was a woman that came to Jesus that had been married five times? And she was living with the sixth guy? In our culture, we would say that person's a failure, right? Jesus said, you need to drink the water I have. A woman caught in the act of sin. I don't judge you. Maybe if we get into God's Word, He will change our agendas from politics to Him. And this one really still wrecks me. Judas heard it all. Didn't change him. I cannot invite you to a relationship with a God who doesn't speak. That's, I can't do that. I want to invite you to someone that is alive. His Word is alive. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. We are a Bible-believing and a Bible-using church because He is alive. Amen? 
And God wants a personal relationship with you. Now, before you start sending me emails, I get it. That phrase isn't in Scripture. It's not. The concept is. The concept that He wants to be close to you. He wants a relationship, a dynamic relationship, one that moves. But no one can have a personal relationship with God for you. You cannot fall in love by proxy. Now, I love it. We come together to hear. Let's come together. Let's hear. Let's come together. Let's study. But you have to do it on your own. People can hear with you, but not for you. You have to want. You have to expect that God is going to speak to you. O people of Zion, weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. Sarah Sherman was a, in 2011. She was a 29-year-old mother of two living in Burleson, Texas, and she was born with a severe hearing defect. She'd been deaf since she was born. Uh, she'd been wearing hearing aids since she was two. And we've got speech language pathologists here, and they could give you all the anatomy of it. But what it boiled down to is she didn't have the follicles in her ears. Her body didn't create them that transmit the sound into your brain. The, the sound was going in, but it wasn't doing anything. And they tried hearing aids, and they didn't work. She even got a cochlear implant, and it didn't work. And in 2011, there came along with this thing called the esteem plan. And it was basically a cochlear implant on steroids. It was, it was next gen, okay? It was, but they had to go into her brain. It's kind of gross, you know. They go in, and they put a thing that in your brain, and... And you had to recover for a few weeks. It was six weeks later that they went in and they put the device on the outside. Okay? And I want you to watch something here in just a minute. This cost, it was an incredibly expensive surgery. They didn't have this kind of money. They scrimped. They saved. They took a mortgage out on their house. They did all this stuff to get this specific thing for her. And in this video we're about to see... I want you to listen to her response, how she responded to hearing words for the first time. Let's roll this if we could. <laughs> it's like so close. <laughs> it's like so close. There you go. Right over it. There you go. So now technically your device is on. Can you tell? Oh, that's exciting. Here, you can put it down for a second. Just get used to the sound. What does it sound like? <laughs> Can you hear me? And you hear your voice? Does your voice sound pretty loud? Um, no, not really. Well, that's good. <laughs> My laughter sounds loud. Yeah, you'll get used to all of that over time. <laughs> Do you want to hear your husband say something? 
I didn't play that to make you cry. I wanted you to hear this. Her, her response to hearing was joy. Wasn't it? I mean, those, those weren't tears of I'm upset or tears of pain. Those are, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Isn't that how we need to approach God's Word? We just can't wait to hear what He has to say. Friends, we were created in the image of a God for whom communion and communication are normal. And we cannot move forward in discipleship until we believe that our relationship with God is dynamic and personal. I've told you all along, we're not here to convince you to get a Bible. We're not even here to convince you that the Bible is good. We're taking that you already believe that. We want to be a people that utilize this. That we expect to hear from God. We prepare to study. We prepare to worship. That it changes how we approach God. We don't come to God's Word with pre predetermined agendas. Predetermined notions. Predetermined views. We let God speak to us. You're saying, well, Don, you're going to get blown about by every wind. Doesn't Scripture say not to do that? No, you won't be blown about. He will guide you. He will lead you. Listen to all of those songs that we sing about He does great things. But listen to some of our old theology. He leadeth me, O blessed thought. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. We'll sing it, but will we let Him lead us? Because I want Him and you should want him to walk in the garden with you. If we will hear him and we will desire him, nothing else will do. Would you pray with me as we get ready? Father, we want to hear your word. May your Bible come alive to us. In 3D surround sound, may your words Speak to us and lead us on what road to go. To the left, to the right. To get rid of our other idols. To drown out the world. To listen to you only. We want just you. Nothing else. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Central Christian Church in Portales, New Mexico. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To connect with us, visit our website at centralwired.org.